I'm Jay Pitts, a real estate broker, agent, leader, and investor. For the last decade, I've navigated the craziest of real estate markets this country has ever seen, selling over 2,000 homes, moving in and out of markets, always ahead of the curve. And now I'm bringing that perspective to you. This is your resource, and Real Talk About Real Estate starts right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Resource Real Talk about real estate. I'm Gabe Pruitt. And I'm Jay Pitts. And today, we're, we're doing something a little fun. We are putting out our piece of content, which is this podcast, about putting out content. Today, we're talking about content marketing, the do's, the don'ts, the how, the why, and et cetera. And to do this, we have an incredibly qualified guest, as always. Uh, and Jay, who are we talking with this week? Today, we're going to be talking to Jeff Thibodeau. Jeff, uh, fellow banana real estate brother <laughs> from, uh, from north of the border in Brantford, Ontario, Canada. J- Jeff is a, a super sharp guy. Maybe our first international guest, I think. Uh, I think that would be correct. Mm. I think that would be correct. We're going places. We're going abroad. <laughs> going abroad. I mean, can you say abroad when you talk about I, I guess you can. Maybe. Technically, you know. It's far from where we are. You have so. to have a passport to get there. True. So it's anyway, Jeff is a super sharp guy, man. I mean, like, and like a lot of our guests, um, they he doesn't fit in in a square mold. You know, like the guy, you know, wasn't always in real estate. He didn't intend to be in real estate. He has, you know, characteristics that are not you know, strengths and characteristics that are not typical of your traditional real estate person. He's not like verbose and it's like the talking, I mean, he's very qualified, you know, communicator, obviously as a, as a successful salesperson and, you know, recruiter and broker and all those things, but like, like super sharp. Yeah. And also took a very different path to get to real estate too. It didn't seem like it was exactly his plan right from Right out of the gate. No, it wasn't. But like one of the words that we really, really appreciate on this show is contrarian. Mm, He is is one of those like uh, operates outside typical norms and, you know, patterns and what has traditionally worked in the in the real estate space. Yeah. And it's really interesting to see that maybe his his background where it might not have been immediately apparent that it would be useful for real estate. But it might have been what gave him an edge over his competition and led to his success where he is now. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll give you an idea, um, a little, little story about Jeff. So I, I, I met Jeff in 2014. Okay. Okay. I met him, like some people, like at a, at a real estate event. He was a speaker. Um, he was speaking on uh, calendar management or, uh, you know, schedule management, sure. essentially. And like super, like detailed like very heady you've seen my calendar and like the color-coded stuff like he i got a lot of those ideas from him um but but met jeff and um you know so all of the sudden and it was just a very surface level interaction i didn't really know him know him at that point but all of the sudden i started seeing in my like all of my social feeds like branford homes this branford homes that (laughs) in canada in canada yeah and it's like got this very like catchy looking logo but it's got his name nowhere on it it's the company team whatever Hmm. um it was a remax remax he was a remax agent at the time at the time and uh you know had a team and it's like just all of a sudden out of nowhere branford everything right and i'm like who is this branford like i see it like time and time and time again and then all of a sudden i'm like you know i'm gonna figure out who this oh wait that's jeff thibodeau yeah like 
you know, in on social media marketing, retargeting, things like that. I'm 2014 now. Doing it before it was big, big. Before, back when they, back when they, when they called it dark posting, right? Mm-hmm. When they called yeah. it, you know, dark ads. Yeah. Because you, you couldn't see them anywhere. It wasn't present on your page. It wasn't a boost, that kind of stuff. But, you know, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff is one to watch. Yeah, definitely. Well, when we get back from the break, we're going to have him on the phone to talk more about content marketing and how you can scale it up if it's something that you've been struggling with. Uh, We'll be right back, folks. And we're back, folks. And as promised, we're here with our guest, Mr. Jeff Thibodeau with Redline Real Estate in Brantford, Ontario, Canada. A little bit about Jeff. Um, he, you know, went to college to become a computer programmer. You know, not not exactly typical of a career in real estate, but then spent a over a decade in marketing and market research. Spent nine years after that with a Remax franchise um, there in Ontario. And, and recently, as of September, uh, opened the second location of Redline Real Estate, a very kind of tech forward and very kind of, um, you know, on the cusp, on the cutting edge brokerage, um, you know, that had started in Calgary, Alberta with another gentleman that I know by the name of Darren Langeal. Anyway, Jeff, um, you know, has helped them grow from one location and 12 agents to two locations now, obviously, and just shy of 100 agents wow. in a very, very short period of time, and mostly on the back of, you know, consumer and agent-facing content marketing. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us today, buddy. We really appreciate you being on the podcast. Yeah, this is exciting. Thanks for having me. Awesome, brother. Awesome. So, so kind of a broad question for you to start out, and you know, obviously, the growth is just staggering, right? You know, go from 12 to 100 agents in a very, very short period of time. And I know you guys haven't slowed down since. So, you know, goals and ambitions are even probably much higher than what you've already achieved. Um, You know, we've talked at length on the podcast about, you know, brand engagement kind of surging and taking the place in our space that used to be held by direct response marketing. And I think at the core of brand engagement is content. Um, you know, content to the consumer, content to the agent. But you know, really, what I what I'd like you to speak to, if you don't mind, is you know, the majority of our listeners are, listeners are agents, and they're wondering what can they do, what has been done and been shown to be effective to take their business kind of from where it is to the next level on the backs of really just producing good content. So, what would you say is the single thing that you've been able to do at Redline that has really moved the needle? Well, I think you know there there's two ways to think about content marketing, and and I don't think you know, thinking about direct response versus content is is necessarily the right way to think about it is to think you can be running both, but to understand that they're running for different purposes. Um, So you can have a great piece of content that does have an immediate call to action, you know, a lead generation type of uh, form attached to it, a landing page, that stuff's all still working. Um, But I think the big shift has happened is a lot of the traditional channels that were used for the more branding stuff. So, you know, radio, television, uh, billboards, buses, the attention there is now shifting to where everyone's eyes are, which is their social media platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, that's where the eyes have moved to. And so if we haven't moved our content strategies um, over there, the more brand specific ones, and we're still spending on these these declining platforms, uh, I think that's the biggest shift that's been happening. Like we've been doing, you know, Google AdWords since day one of my career right up until today, and it still cranks out, you know, names, addresses, and phone numbers. I think what's different is 
Um, if you're looking for more relationship type marketing, um, you're looking for more come list me calls instead of just names and phone numbers of potential clients. And that's the shift. You've got to get your face and your personality on camera more because uh, the consumer expects it. Wow. You know, and, and I'm glad you mentioned that. And, and I, I guess I should have phrased it slightly differently. I don't believe that direct response marketing is over. You know, I think there's a place for it. I think there's a place for it within brand engagement marketing, right? Like when you put out good content, right, people want to engage with it. And you have to give them away. Otherwise, you're just wasting an opportunity. Um, that that's uh, that's really interesting, though. I I I'm glad to hear you say that too, because you know I think I think I have probably run the risk in the past to saying that it's over, Gabe. Wouldn't you say? Right. Direct like, response marketing is dead. You know, running a running a Facebook ad or a Google AdWords campaign to get a registration. I mean, honestly, it really still works very well when you have compelling piece of content, even if it's just a really hot listing. Sure. Which, um, you know, we're certainly, you know, I'm, I'm sure you guys are experiencing and we're certainly experiencing here as well. Oh, sure. Well, let me circle back to something that I heard you say there, Jeff, when you said getting your face on the camera. I, I think that's interesting because I think a lot of our listeners, you know, are paying attention to content marketing and, and that's why they're listening today. But a lot of people, when they hear content marketing, they immediately think video. And, and some people might think that that's what content marketing means, means being on camera. And I know that that's something that makes some people uncomfortable and it's a jump that some people are hesitant to make. Is that really the only powerful kind of content marketing there is, is, is video right now, or is there something else that's just as potent? I mean, video is not the only way, but it's, it's the one that's working the best right now. And if we think about it in our industry, it's important too, because this is a relationship business. So the people are not looking to hire a logo. They're looking to hire a mm. human. So, of course, content marketing goes across everything from writing a blog to, to sending your camera guy out to, to film a, a restaurant in your town and you're never in the video or just great photos of your listings is content. But I sure. think the most powerful content we can share in today's day and age, the way everything's going, is you getting on camera, even if it's just holding your arm out with your phone and sharing your thoughts about your business. And so people can get to know you before they hire you. And that's really, if you watch any consumer behavior, everybody's researching more before they're committing. And I think that's what the difference we're seeing too. Even if someone comes down the path of direct response with you, that doesn't guarantee they're going to continue along that path if there, if there isn't some bio page, some about me, some some depth to figure out who you are after you've even registered. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I think you touched on something else that's there too. It maybe already answered what my the second part of that question. For the people that are afraid to get on camera, a lot of times... It's either a fear of what they look like on camera or how they feel like they sound in a video, or it's because they have no clue what to talk about. They're like, I'm going to put myself on Facebook Live and I have no clue what what I'm going to bring, what content I'm actually going to bring. But it sounds like what you're saying is maybe the best place to start is just let people know who you are. You know, if you don't know exactly what to talk about, maybe talk about yourself. I mean, does that sound right? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, I help a lot of people get into video and I really encourage all my team members to do it here at the brokerage because I've seen the effect it's had on my career, especially if you're in a smaller town. Um, the ability to, you know, push your video to a city of 100,000 people and become a known entity very quickly and for very low budget is just so powerful. Um, so I think, you know, people get nervous for a couple of reasons. One, I think they they overthink how what needs to go in to make a video. Like we all have this tool in our pocket. When I started in 2008, I had to go with a special camera, a suction cup mount, a microphone. Mm-hmm. I had to know how to get that video off that camera into an editing suite. Literally now you can hit go live on Facebook and it's done. There's no <laughs> post-production and there's no anything. And the fun part is 
the consumer expectation of the quality of that video is so low that it's okay if you screw up. That's the whole point of the live, right? Is that no one expects you to be perfect. This isn't Saturday Night Live. And even on that show, they, they break, right? And they laugh. And sure. it's even sometimes the best part of the show. Um, so I think people are intimidated by like video from 2001, not realizing like how just how easy it is today um, to make some of this content. It's easier than writing a blog, in my opinion. Hmm. That's, that's, I really, I really appreciate you saying that, Jeff, because honestly, man, I, I think, you know, spent some time down at Agent 2021 and, you know, in Miami in January and, you know, Gary V, who's, you know, a content marketing kind of guru said, what are you waiting for? Like, what are you waiting for? It's never been cheaper. Like the points that you just made, it's never been cheaper. It's never been easier to distribute content. It's never been cheaper to produce content. Uh, what are you waiting for? You know, do you want to be the one that looks back in five years and says, I could have, but didn't, you know, and that's, and that's, you know, you just got to start. So that kind of leads me into my next question. And, you know, I, I know you said that video is the type of content that is performing the best. And I think there's a variety of reasons for that. And you and I could probably, you know, do a whole interview, whole show on just why video works. Um, but I think we know it works. So I've got a question for you that's a little caveat to that. You know, obviously right here, right now, we're producing content, right? There's an a audience. A little meta. It's a, yeah. an episode, a content episode about producing content. Yeah, yeah. we're, <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're kind of we're running that vicious circle here. But anyway, you know, podcasting. Podcasting is content. So um, Gary Vee would have you believe that because video captivates – it, it has limitations, right? Now, it's certainly much more personal because you can see the person, you can, whether, and like you said, even when it's, when it's not professionally produced um, or just going live, some, sometimes that's even more engaging, but, but it does captivate. It requires you to stare at a screen. You can't do anything else while you watch video. You can't drive. You can't, you can't drive. You can't do the dishes. In, out. in my case, you can't wash your eight months old, your seven, eight month old bottles at the kitchen sink with your headphones in, with your AirPods yeah. in, listening to your favorite podcast, right? So what, what do you think the reach is of podcasting and other audio only content, you know, given the fact that it can be done while multitasking? What's your thoughts on that? Well, obviously, uh, Gary's very bullish on it because he's so, uh, his whole theory is on, you know, that humans are just wired to save time, right? And and I, I get it, but we have to all also understand that you're a real estate agent primarily, right? Um, yeah. We have to think what's our easiest path to, to the consumer, right? Uh, with something like audio only, I think you're going to have a harder time breaking into the market, right? So people are going to need to subscribe to you. They're going to want to listen to your half hour um, podcast on the treadmill. Like it's, it's more like the way kind of Google and YouTube work. People need to seek that information out and kind of subscribe to it or the way an email list would work versus if we're creating content for, uh, for Facebook or Instagram, we got to realize that we're interrupting them in the stream, right? We need, we got to make a different piece of content. So I don't, I'm not too sure a, a half hour audio podcast is going to captivate people in a Facebook news stream. But definitely, if if you can get people over onto your podcast, I'm a big podcast listener, right? Um, you know, and you've got your favorite ones. Once someone subscribed, those are downloading to their phone. Like that's a really great connection to have with someone. But the path to get that subscriber is going to be harder. I think is, is kind of what I'm saying. Sure, yeah, it makes sense. No, and I I agree with that. Um, I agree with that completely. 
Uh, I do think that the barrier to entry, if you will, for, for obtaining the consumer or, or the listener or the, the follower or what have you is, is challenging. But once you do get them, you do, you do have them in, in a lot of cases, at least for a little while, if you produce, if you produce valuable content. Um, so let me ask you this because, and, and because of that very reason, and I've, I've always been very transparent with about our motives in starting a podcast and what we're trying to do. Like we're trying to get our message out to agents you know, what we found as an unintended consequence is we have a lot of consumer listeners, but they're very engaged consumers, right? Sure. And not every consumer is interested. Um, but, you know, for me, like, you know, raising our profile, putting our message out to agents, you know, regionally, nationally, and locally, you know, it's it's helped with recruiting. It's helped with, you know, referral business. It's actually driven the needle in terms of revenue for our company doing this very podcast. So my question is, are, are real estate agent listeners that are considering content marketing, especially the audio side, is there any way that they could effectively engage the consumer and derive no, more business from it? Or do you just think that video is so much of a low-hanging fruit and such, more, mo, such greater opportunity that they should focus their efforts there? No, I mean, I think everyone should look inside themselves, right? If, if video is making you nervous, if audio is making you nervous, then start blogging man. Mm-hmm. Like, um, the, the thing is all of these, every one of these strategies is designed to increase your influence. The number of people who look to you as, as a trusted source on some topic. Right. And so something I would add to that too, is, you know, when you're, if you're an agent going after the consumer market, 99% of your potential audience is not transactional at the moment you're creating your content. Hmm. So I think one of the bigger mistakes is everyone thinks that they got to pitch a listing or, or, or give a humble brag about winning a multiple offer to a buyer. But there's so many other topics. If you actually went down a niche you were interested in, you're going to build an audience much like you go golf at the country club or you're part of your kid's soccer league. Um, You can build a topic or a podcast or blog around something different that's still going to widen your audience and the amount of respect and and attention you have in a community. Um, So I think people get caught up in the the fact like, what am I going to talk about as a real estate agent? Um, And they get a little too salesy too fast. Um, I I think the platform matters less. you got to pick the one you're comfortable with. So you'll actually hop in and do it. No, exactly. And that, you know, there's a lot of, you know, industry influencers, people of, of opinion, whether it be coaches or broker owners or, you know, just the, the social personalities in our industry that, that make fun of, or make light of the fact that the go live feature on Facebook really just gave agents a platform to stand in front of their open house and say, I've got one, two, three main street listed. Come see me this afternoon, right? That's not good content. In most cases, you can put your spin on it and make it valuable. Um, but there's so many other people doing it. Um, I, I think you're right. Gary Vee says that someone's going to kill podcasting in real estate space. You know, I'm, I'm obviously trying to, you know, <laughs> trying to be that guy. Um, hopefully, you know, um, you know, hopefully we can, we can, you know, move the needle a little bit. But uh, I was just curious as your opinion, because I've seen your stuff, man. I've seen the videos that you produce for Redline. I've seen the way that your agents embrace content marketing. And I think it's really special. I think it's different. And I think it's why you guys have been able to experience the growth you've experienced over a short period of time is because you're, you're, you're seeing this game through a different lens. And so I was just interested to know your, your take on something that we put a lot of value in. So appreciate the, the, um, you know, appreciate the context there. So let me ask you this then speaking to the audience again. Okay. If, if video is, is the route that they need to go, what is one piece of content, okay, one, one idea, what theme, one theory, that some, one way of execution, just let's get a little tactical and say, what's one thing that they can do 
to speak to the consumer in a way that helps them stand out in the crowd. You know, we have agent listeners from all over the all over the country in different markets, so it could be unique to their market. What's what's one thing that you found effective that they can implement today? So, so I'm going to give you two things here because I actually have this conversation over and over and over again with people. And the the first thing I would say is before you jump into real estate salesy mode, which is going to turn your audience off right away, I want you to think about, you know, if we're say we're going to go make that open house video or my new listing video. You know, not the professional drone one, you know, that we're going to put on the MLS, but the one you want as content for your social media or whatever. I want you to, before you make that video, think about you just walked into your favorite pub or your, your PTA meeting and you see one of your friends and you're about to show them on your cell phone this new listing. They're not a hot buyer or seller, right? Someone from your sphere, a buddy, a family member, you're, you're just proud that you got this piece of business and you're excited about it and you want to show them. What would you say to them? Right. Think about that and then make that video. Right. Don't think that you're making a video for a hot buyer seller. The hot buyer seller has got an agent. They're looking on the MLS. They already know your properties for sale. Right. Think about your content marketing strategy. It's endearing people to you. It's letting people know about you and it's letting you show your passion for the business. People want to see enthusiasm and a commitment to the business. Right. We have, we're kind of painted with a bad brush sometimes um, as these set it and forget it type realtors. So to stand out, you've got to show your passion. And the easiest way to do that, so this is part two, is you got to go a layer deeper on everything. Don't tell me about the open house. Tell me why you hired stagers or why you're doing it at 6 p.m. at night instead of 2 p.m. Like go a level deeper and tell me the Jay Pitts why to everything you're doing. And in, a, in that, there's stories everywhere. So just as an example, uh, my next door neighbor is a, a microbrewery here at our office space. So we've we've actually split the space years ago, oh, and that, we have kind of grown our businesses up that together. That sounds a lot cooler yeah. than our next door neighbor. Dangerous, that's, that's dangerous. That's yeah. dangerous. We're we're next to a nursery and a Panera Bread. Like that's not cool. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm winning there. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you when your but agents I, have are writing contracts after three craft beers? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I can only have one before <laughs> driving home because of the crowd, the alcohol percentage. But yeah, there you go. so he invited me over yesterday. He, they're doing a collaboration with a couple other brewers came down from another microbrew and they brought some of their ingredients and he's using some of his. And and I was like, tell me about the beer, right? I have my camera out. I'm trying, I'm helping them out a little bit. And they're all like deer in the headlights. And I was like, guys, everything here is interesting to a non-brewer. Like, what does this valve do? Like, why is there steam coming out of that? Like, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm not a brewer guy. To me, everything's fascinating. I think we forget that. We forget that there's multiple 24-7 television channels about the monotony of our job. Like That's literally, true. there's How a it's television made. channel. Yeah. If you just want to watch people look at houses, look at three, pick one. That's on repeat all day on like HGTV. It's so you got to find those micro moments in our day that are very interesting. Most people go to an office, clock in, sit behind a desk and clock out. We actually have very interesting jobs in life that people want to see the behind the scenes of. So I think most realtors overcomplicate it and forget to look for those little awesome moments all throughout their day and then and then turn the camera on like a little aha moment and go deep. Say the why. Like here's you know, we're sitting out front, we're presenting this offer in person because this is why we do it this way. So our clients win. And in there is everything your clients need to know about how you do business. Wow. You know, that's, that's, that's so true. And I've found myself in just my own social media use, man. Like, 
you know, I've never felt I've never felt like I've you know now that we're producing some good content, we're doing some volume and we're push you know pushing stuff, pushing content out and doing you know letting people absorb it at their own opportunity. But you know, I've never felt like I've been um, as participatory as I should be in social media. Like I've got more to say, and that's part of what led me to this you know led us to develop this podcast. But you know, the things that do the best are sometimes the ones that you don't. That get the most engagements, the most most likes, the most comments, the most shares, what what have you, right? On whatever channel you put it out on social is the stuff that you never expected. You know, one day I'm in the office randomly. I got a stack of dirty signs sitting there, and I grabbed an old rag, and I just started. I laid them out on the floor and just started, you know, cleaning my signs. And like I look down, and they're kind of laying in a funny, kind of cool looking shape, like kind of corner to corner across this long hallway in our office. And I just snapped a little picture, put it on Instagram and it went nuts. <laughs> it was like, Hey, cleaning my signs today. Like that was it. That was, I mean, that was all. And it went nuts. I had like, you know, a couple hundred likes on this post. It's like that behind the scenes effect. It was so like mundane. Yeah. But it was behind the scenes and they saw it. So I really appreciate that. That's, um, that's, that, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. So we've got a little tactical, um, we've give, given a little bit of theory. Um, you know, we talked about, you know, why, you know, your, your content needs to take center stage, but that also, you know, you still need a little bit of a direct response component. I mean, what, what am I missing, Jeff? What is the secret sauce at Redline or something that you can share with me? You don't have to give me the proprietary stuff, but what's the, what's the secret sauce in getting the type of engagement that you guys are getting from agents in your market that, that trust you to lead them and improve their businesses? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the secret sauce, I'll tell you, because it was told to me years ago. I think it was actually Gary Vee that I heard it from first. He was just like, show them everything, right? Stop putting this wall up. And I, I remember really early in my career being part of the real estate board and and, and just hearing how much of a walled industry it was, right? We're trying to protect the data. We're trying to stop people from the next county coming in and trading here. And it's like this guarded, um, gated industry. And I was just right away, I was convinced that if I just got on and, and just shared my thoughts uh, on camera, that then people would trust me. I, you know, I got in the business young and, you know, I was only in my mid twenties when I got my license. So I was like, I got to show people that I'm the real deal. Right. And then they'll, yeah. they'll, watch it. And then they come knowing that I know what I'm talking about. And we just took that same thing to the brokerage level, right? So I really believe, you know, I was, again, after running a team for very long, and we were kind of cliquey and a small team. So even though I had almost a decade in my hometown of being a realtor, I wasn't friends with a whole lot of realtors because we had been doing our own thing. Um, so I was like, you know, if, if I can just turn the camera on and show people what's going on, at Redline, I know we have a better product. So if I can show them and, and remove that doubt, and I think that works the same with a consumer as it does with an agent. Hiring a real estate agent, this is why, right? If we can go deep here, this is why we lose listings to an inferior agent who has a better relationship, right? Because the relationship is the trust. People would rather hire the guy they trust, even if they, they have less knowledge, less experience, because we don't know. You're going to the untrusted guy all of a sudden it's like, well, yeah, maybe they got good stats, but what if it's all BS? What if this is all smoke and mirrors and marketing? What all the video and content does is, is pulls the curtain back. And this is the fun part. The more raw and real it is, the more mistakes there are, the more it's your dirty signs on the ground and not a professional photographer, the more real it is. Like you can't fake a Facebook live. You know what I mean? And so it shows people you've got the real goods. And when, when they can make that jump, 
that they got to they got to step through the you know this chasm of the unknown to commit to a realtor or to it just switching brokerages when they can do that through video and feel like they've been part of it. So it's the same here. We invite other realtors to our um, team meetings transparently, right? Um, everything we've done from an external training point of view is public. We invite all other realtors to our training events and we publish 99% of our content out to the public. We don't gate it behind anything. Um, so it's like, Hey guys, this is the real deal. And if you don't believe us, just watch, right? That's the theory. Dude, that's, of course you gotta be better. That's powerful, man. That. <laughs> I'm huge on transparency though. I'm huge on transparency. Right. I've told, you know, numerous agents, I will share anything, anytime, any way. You know, the truth is, is, and, and I'm making up a statistic, 90% won't even try to implement the things that I tell them. The 10% that do, 1% will succeed. And the truth is, if 1% does succeed, it raises the bar for our industry. And maybe they appreciate it well enough, they want to come work beside me. Yeah, definitely. Well, Jeff, I think I speak I speak for both Jay and I when I say that our wheels are spinning right now. I think we're we're learning as much and getting as many ideas as our listeners are going to from listening to this episode. Uh, but I've got the perfect question for you to to kind of round out everything that we've talked about today before we let you go. Uh, if some yeah. of our listeners are starting to get some ideas now of what kind of content they want to put out, they're a little more confident and they're ready to go record something as soon as they take their headphones out. What would you say, and this might be a naive question because maybe this is a, a misconception that goes along with content marketing, but if there is one, what is the secret formula for when to post things, how often is too often to post them, et cetera? How do they make sure they're not oversaturating, but also not wasting opportunities to put stuff out? Is there a secret formula at all, or is it a myth? No, I mean, just based on my experience, um, so... Uh, just just recently, I, I moved my own personal content over to a paid page. But before that, everything was organic. And the reason I was doing that was to see the real results without any budget. right? Mm-hmm. And what I learned is that even a really, really good video that's getting a lot of views, lots of comments, lots of likes and shares, it's going to die after two or three days. A really good one. Okay, unless you put more budget to keep it boosted. Okay. Uh, uh, an average post is going to die the same day. Okay, it's going to get its likes. And we've all seen this, right? Whether it's Instagram or Facebook, um, you're going to, if you're putting it into a news feed, um, the recency is very important. Okay. So I'm, I'm encouraging my team members, if they're going after a video strategy, to consider two to three um, pieces of content a week. And, and remind you, these are 10 to 15 seconds I'm talking about, not hire a video crew, but you want it. It's, it's the frequency and the amount of content is more important than the perfection. Um, and here's why. This is one thing that people forget about. You put up a good video and a bad video, Facebook wants the good video to win, right? So the good video is going to go viral, the bad video no one's going to see. So everyone wants to make this perfect content. I just coach people on make more, throw it all up there. And then the big step everyone forgets is to close the loop, right? Look at them a week later. Which ones did good? Which ones did bad? Don't blame your audience. Try to be an analytic type of guy and go, oh, why are these ones always getting more views? Oh, it seems like when I'm more myself, uh, people like it more. And when I'm less salesy, they don't. And you keep adjusting to your audience. And that's, that's been, I've just been doing that for eight years. So like, I'm very in tune to what my audience wants from me. So don't forget to, to track your metrics. That's the big thing here. Don't put it out and then forget to check on how it's doing. Well, the underlying message there too, is the two to three pieces of content per week. Most people never put out enough content to, to have metrics. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? They, 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 well, they don't do it. The other it. thing too is this, all this, you can go super analytic and say, let's A, B test everything. Let's this audience is too small for that anyways. Right. 
So right. it's like, it's more like firing a, a shotgun with the buckshot, right? Like let's put out 15 videos this month and then let's say what did good, what didn't. And so now our 15 videos next month are going to be more skewed towards the stuff that's working. Plus we're always going to be testing and playing new concepts, right? Half of them fall on their face and nobody likes them. Um, one thing I learned with my content, I started one, one day, this is just a funny story, right? But it, it, I, I, I did this snowball fight, right? So we're up in Canada. We got dumped on with snow. I set up two different cameras. Um, me and the kids went crazy in the backyard, all time-lapsed. I put some hard rock music to it. Like the kids are getting hit with snowballs, flatline, right? No views. And I'm like, okay, I guess my audience <laughs> wants real estate tips. They don't want to see my kids. <laughs> they don't want to see snowball, snowball fights. fights right? I, I would have watched the snowball fights. You just got to take that. and You got to take those lessons and just roll with it. You can't get offended. Like no. um, if, if actors and musicians hold tight to their art instead of their audience, then, you know, yeah, you're going to be more pure artist, but you're, you're not going to make the dollars. Absolutely. Man, Jeff, this has been powerful, man. My head's spinning. You know, I, <laughs> it, most of these things are things that I've heard, but you know, you know, you know, a good piece, you know, a good message when you've heard it before and you, we, and it, it is just as powerful when you hear it again. And some of the things you've shared with us today, you've done so in such a way that I think our listeners really, really need to pay attention. Play this back, you know, listen to what Jeff has to say. Like there's gold, there's gold in those words. So, Jeff, thanks again, man. We're gonna we're gonna wrap it for now. But thank you so much for uh, for joining us and, and just really, really providing some great content yeah, for our audience. Um, we'll have to have yeah, you back. It's been great, guys. Yeah, we'll have to have you back soon, man, Anytime. to kind of kind of revisit and all that. But thanks again, Jeff Thibodeau, Redline Real Estate. Uh, we'll be back right after the break to close it up, folks, and give you our final thoughts. Well, Gabe, what do you think? Well, I, like like I said to Jeff, I've got a bunch of ideas now. I mean, we're we're doing a lot of the stuff that he's talking about, Absolutely. and obviously, we talked about how the podcast is a huge piece of content that we really obviously laser focus on. But there's so much that we can do that's not difficult. You know, it's not something that needs to be you know brainstormed about for weeks and weeks on end. It's more about just getting a camera and pressing record and doing it. And it's presence of mind. It's presence of mind to see the beautiful moments that need to be shared. Like that. That was something that really stuck with me. You know, I've mm-hmm. heard Jeff's message for a while. You know, I, I've known the kind of guy that he is. I've watched him. I've consumed his content. I get a lot of my ideas from people like him in the space that are doing you know progressive things. Sure. Um, but like the thing that that really struck me was like keep be present enough to see the moments right that need to be shared exactly and the podcast isn't really a place where we can do that so much because you and i we plan a lot about who we're going to have on to talk with you know what are we going to talk about but when you like he said when you've got the device in your pocket that is the gateway to getting to everybody that wants to see your face it's right there it's not about planning a bunch of content and writing out a plan it's more about you know, like you said, being aware and knowing when an opportunity comes up that you can capitalize on. Just press go live. Yep. That's it. You know, I mean, I think we all fall victim to, you know, worrying about how we look or sound or how it's going to be perceived, et cetera, and so forth. But, um, yeah, it just really, really struck me there. Yeah. That, that really struck me. And, you know, of course, this is not all we do, Gabe. Sure. We don't just do the podcast. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that we're very passionate about, obviously. Um, you know, we're 31 episodes in now. True, yeah. 31 episodes in with Mr. Thibodeau today. Almost a whole year almost, of resource. Almost a whole year of resource, and we've got several episodes coming soon, several dynamic guests lined up. 
But like you um, said, this isn't all we do. We also are we're shooting video. We're, we're shooting videos. We're shooting consumer facing things. We're, we're hosting educating. events and videoing our events that we hold for our clients you know, and highlighting local businesses. We're we're educating the consumers. We're doing so many things. We're sharing our team. We're sharing our story. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think we just have to keep in mind, and our listeners have to keep in mind that the things you may feel obliged to share mm-hmm. may not be the things that your audience necessarily wants to see. Here's our market update for this week. Yeah, yeah. no, here's my four-minute forecast, yeah. you know? I mean, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Um, for the real estate industry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I digress. But, you know, the thing is, gosh, that was like Elmer Fudd like, <laughs> kind of deal. Um, no, it, it's... Um, it's something that we just have to keep in mind is that people are interested in what we do. Yeah. They're not interested in being sold. Sure. They're interested in being educated. Mm-hmm. They're interested in being a fly on the wall. They're interested in hearing the things that we talk about in our closed door meetings at the office, right? They're interested in hearing how we win for our clients or how we protect them or how we help them win a multiple offer situation. Those things are, are and when your content does find its way in front of somebody that's ready to transact real estate right now, they're probably going to want to work with a person they feel like they already know. And if you can put out content that makes them feel like they know you so that they could start to like you and trust you, I think that's where you really start to convert opportunities. Even if you're not trying the nugget that, that, everyone should take away is what would you say to your best friend who cares about you, who likes you, who appreciates yeah, you, really who wants like to support you? What would you say to them? And then get on camera and say that mm. because that person's going to appreciate you being excited about something, you being inspired by what you do every day, you having energy and impact, right? So figure out what that is. What would you tell your mother? Okay. I, mom, I did this today. Yeah. Right. If you were trying to brag on yourself, cause you know, everybody's mom appreciates their successes, right? Sure. I mean, I would think, <laughs> I hope mine does. I think she does. She listens to this podcast. There you she go. She kind of likes it anyway. But you know, what would you tell your mom? What would you tell your best friend, your wife, your spouse, your whoever, right? Um, how would you share your successes with them? Cause that's what the audience wants to hear. Yep. There you go. Powerful. Well, if you want to get in touch with Jeff or you want to talk to us about more of what we're doing and, you know, a little bit of, of a teaser, but we might have something coming for you folks that are interested in getting into contact mark content marketing in the near future. I'll kind of keep that under wraps for now. No, we don't have to, we don't have to keep it under wraps. You want to let it go? Okay. Okay. So how would you like it? Mr. Or Mrs. Or Miss or Mr. Audience member. If we provided you with a list of every single piece of equipment that it takes to produce this show that you're listening to right now. Or the show that you might have been watching on Facebook if you see some of our some of our content on social. Exactly. So as for from a content marketing perspective, I think I think the the minutiae, the the startup, the cost, like the I don't even know where to start. Do I use iMovie? Do I do this? Do I do that? Do I get microphones? Do I record it on my phone? Whatever. If you had in your hand a piece of paper with pictures or on your email let's say with pictures links um to amazon or wherever you might acquire these items with prices and things like that would that be valuable to you because if it is you know at resource we're all about value okay we talk about it ad nauseum okay if you would appreciate that reach out to us okay we're going to put that out really soon Okay, to our qualified subscribers. Okay, so go to resourcepodcast.net and sign up or reach out to us through one of our social channels and ask. Send me the send me the send me the gear list. Yep. Okay, send me the gear list and we will turn around for you everything it takes to produce this. If you've seen one of our videos or listen to one of our podcasts, this super crisp audio that Mr. Gabe Pruitt is 
is responsible for delivering to you <laughs> every piece of equipment that it takes. And it, it may not be as expensive as you think. It might not. So. Well, that's it for today. Like you said, get in touch with us. We're more than happy to bring this information to you. But for now, that's all for Resource Real Talk about real estate and go live. Go ahead, take your headphones out and go live. Go right live, now. go live, folks. I totally blew up Gabe's tease. <laughs> See you next week, folks. <laughs> Bye.